Welcome to the Parenting Well podcast with Parent Engagement Network. I'm Dr. Shelley Mann, your host, and today you're listening to Parenting Well, where we know that parenting well is challenging and that all parents are the best parents they know how to be. The foundation for raising healthy, happy youth is for us as parents to fill our own well with useful, reliable, credible information, tools, and strategies. This leaves us more engaged, educated, and empowered to support our children in being strong, resourceful, confident, and resilient in the face of life's many challenges and adventures. I want to thank Premier Members Credit Union, the Barnett Family Foundation, and the Nelson Family Foundation for their gold sponsorship. We would not be able to do the work we do without their generous support. So let's fill that well. Today's well source is Isabel Tierney. Isabel is a licensed therapist, a stress management specialist, and an international speaker. Having earned two master's degrees, a license in marriage and family therapy, and a certificate in energy healing, she maintains a thriving private practice and has for about 25 years and has also built an international speaking platform. After struggling with life depleting stress herself, she discovered a path to peace, love, and joy that lives at the core of all of us. And she's committed to teaching this path to people all over the world with her feel good life methodology. Isabel is also one of the presenters at our upcoming Stress and Anxiety Conference. This is on January 29th and 30th, and you can sign up for her presentation and many others at www.penbv.org. So thank you so much for being here with us today, Isabel. Well, thank you so much. I'm so honored to be part of your mission. Your mission is so deep and powerful and impactful, especially in this day and age. So thank you for having me on. Mm, thank you. I'd like to just dig right in. You're a specialist in stress and anxiety. Why is mm-hmm. stress and anxiety such a prevalent thing for us today? Well, you know, they say that parenting is the most difficult job in the world, right? That Which helped right. me a lot when I was a parent, you know, of young children. So number one, the just the, the job of parenting is the most stressful job in the world, right? So we can just start with that. Now we pile it on with what's happening since COVID started. And I don't even know what name I would put. Like, it's the most, 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 most difficult job <laughs> in the world because, you know, people are stuck at home. There's the home, the Zoom schooling. I mean, it is a period of such intense stress and not just for parents, right? For children as well and other caregivers and family members. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen so much stress. And at the same time, what's interesting is it's also leading people to really have to take a look at their lives because of the slowdown that's occurred and to start saying, well, what do I really want in my life and how do I want to live my life? So there's pros and cons to this global pandemic that I'm seeing showing up for a lot of people. Yeah. Another thing that I've heard a lot of parents say is that in some ways they're spending more time with their kids and their partners. They are spending more quality time, not just time. What would you say to people about how they can structure the time that they have at home during these times in a way that reduces some of that stress and anxiety that's going to be going on all day long? Well, I might not give you an answer that you were expecting because (laughs) one of the things that I have learned and that my methodology teaches is that there are times in our lives where we actually can't control the external world. So I could give you the basic stuff, you know, make sure to take breaks, make sure to eat dinner as a family. I mean, I imagine you've heard of those a lot and I can 
still talk about them if you want. And what's radical about my work is that I teach us, all of us, a way to actually manage our own stress so that no matter what is happening on the outside, you literally take control of your own state of well-being. So I have this three-step methodology that I can talk about more in a, uh, you know, in a bit. But one of my favorite lines of my work is the world doesn't have to change for us to experience it differently. And mm. I, again, raising three children, running my own company, you know, having had a lot of trauma sort of throwing up. So I was struggling with an eating disorder. There was always stress. There's always going to be stress. And even though there are things I can do to manage that external stress, what I have found to be most liberating to myself and others is knowing how to do it internally. And when I do it internally, right, when I change the way, whether I'm reacting to somebody or responding, whether it's to my husband or my children or my friends or my coworkers, what I discover is then the whole world usually responds like that too, because I'm not engaged in the stress response with them. So I just find it the fastest, most effective, most controllable route that I can take to manage my stress. That's so important day to day. What you said about the cumulative effect of if you're already dealing with typical parenting stresses, and then you throw on top of that, some of the things related to COVID, and then maybe you're a single parent, or maybe you're going through losing somebody important in your life. Or, Who a knows? Job, you're just, or losing a job, right? Right. You're just going to have a lot to get through. So what you said is extremely compelling, because mm -hmm. I think it empowers people to see that they have some avenue to take control of the situation regardless. And I also love that what you said about when you can control that your interactions with other people is it's going to be very different because they're going to experience you differently. So so tell us the secret sauce here. Like what? what uh, <laughs> well, people what will have to like? attend the conference, don't they, in order to <laughs> yeah. get that? Well, yeah, the full up. Yeah. You know what, what I want to share is that when we talk about stress, you know, everybody's like, I'm stressed, I'm stressed, I'm stressed. What we don't understand is actually the impact that stress has on who we are. Again, we understand it creates disease. We understand all of that. The thing about when we live in the stress response, there are two things that happen because the stress response is outdated. We overreact, right? All the time as though we were still cave but we're actually in modern times and we don't need to be responding to stressors the same way we did then. The two things that happen, one is our neocortex shuts down. That is our thinking rational brain. So when we get triggered into stress and we go into the stress response, we literally cannot think clearly because in the olden days, right, our brain didn't want us to think well, is this a mountain lion coming our way or is it a dog? It wanted us to react now and think later. Great if you're faced with a bear or mountain lion in Colorado as we are. Not so great if it's one of our children interrupting us in a phone call or a husband saying, why didn't you pick up the pasta sauce or whatever it is. So we can't think rationally. So it's a big problem because we're going to be reactive, whether it's with substances, right? Overeating, over drinking, yelling at somebody. And we have literally no control over that in the stress response. And then the other piece 
is that in the stress response, we're wired for this thing called the negativity bias. The negativity bias is it allows us to only see the negative about someone else, about the world. Again, this came from long time ago, where if you went down a path you and you knew there was danger down the path, you needed to be aware of anything that was a little bit off, that was a little bit wrong. So literally still today, you guys probably all know this, listeners, you know those moments where you're just doing fine with your partner or your child. You're like, oh, I'm really enjoying them. And then something triggers you. And then all you can think of is what a pain in the butt they are. Why do they always make this noise when they talk? Like everything you see about them and others starts becoming negative. So that is also a function of what happens when we're in the stress response. So in my work, right, the tagline of my work is relieve stress, choose well-being. We first have to relieve stress, right? Notice we're in the stress response, start to relieve it. Only then do we have the choice about how we're going to respond in the situation because literally choice is out of the equation in the stress response. How often do we find ourselves five minutes later going, I can't believe I yelled at my kid like that or I can't believe I finished that pint of ice cream and thinking we've done something wrong. So what I say is it's not our fault what happens to us in the stress response, but it is our responsibility to learn how to recognize it and to do something about it. So what is the first thing a person should do when they recognize they're in the stress response? Well, the, so the three steps, so I'll give you a glimpse into the talk. There are three steps and think of them like a traffic light. Step number one is stop. So in the talk, I will be talking about the signals that help you identify when you're in the stress response, right? Like a racing heartbeat, tense muscles, our voice becomes louder, we're thinking very fast, repetitive thoughts. So first you have to recognize you're there. So you said, okay, once you recognize you're there, you stop. Because once you realize that who you are in the stress response is really dangerous, you're going to either hurt yourself or another, right? In that stress response, you stop and you don't believe anything you're thinking or feeling in that moment right? You learn that with this work, like, oh, wait a minute, I'm starting to think really negative thoughts about my partner or about my child. Okay, I'm feeling really angry right now. I'm not going to believe what the stress response is telling me because I know my brain has become distorted, right? Step number two, you slow down and breathe. That's going into yellow. You literally take five to 10 deep abdominal breath because that's the fastest proven scientific way to take us out of that stress response into that relaxation response. And then step number three is the go, right? The green light, you go towards what we call a feel good habit. And that is a habit that is actually gonna make you feel good sustainably, not in the short run, like downing a glass of wine or eating too much candy. <laughs> and it could be calling a friend and just saying, I'm going crazy right now. Can you give me five minutes? Or just telling our children, I just need to go take a quick walk, I'll be back. But you see the difference, right? It's like you have to do all three steps. You have to stop slow down and breathe, and then actually take an action that's going to engage you more deeply into, we call it the green zone or the relaxation response. And then 
And only then do you relate anew with the situation and make choices from there because you've recovered your capacity to think clearly and you've let go of that negativity bias. So you're going to be clear in your response. That's fantastic. And it sounds to me like it's something that you could not only do for yourself, but you can teach your children and other important family members, friends, how to do the same. I love that. So add your, add your pen presentation. What is it? Two years ago, last year that yeah. it, we were still in it person. Was last year. Yeah. It's yeah, so funny. That, it feels like forever. So <laughs> right? after the presentation, I saw an 11 year old boy and I saw he had really participated in the presentation. He was, he was so engaged. So I went up to him and I said, can can I interview you about what that what, what you learn? He goes, sure. And so I have him recorded actually. And what we call the stress response is we call it the red zone. All right. So just to give you some context, and I'll explain more about red, yellow, and green zone in the talk. But I said to him, What did you learn? He goes, I learned that it's okay for me to have all my feelings because that's one of the things I teach. But then he said, I also learned that my mother is in the red zone a lot. And it was so <laughs> good to see because it gave him a way to explain like, oh, my mother gets stressed out a lot. And so often children don't really understand what's happening to their parents when they're angry or frustrated or anxious. And so children often take it and think it's their fault. And so this work... A, you're right, it teaches children the scale that I teach with the red, yellow, green is really simple and even six-year-olds get it. But it, oh, and it also helps them understand why their parents are going through that. So then the family develops a common language where the parent can say, honey, I'm in the red zone, I need five minutes. Or you can say to the kid, honey, are you in the red zone right now? What do you need? And it, it takes away all the shame of who we become in that red zone and we understand it's not our fault and teaches us to take responsibility and to do something about it. That's actually really simple, but not easy. <laughs> That's a great way to put it, especially when you're in the red zone. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but I love that you said that because it um, shows that we can teach our kids compassion for the situation and that compassion, they can see that in their parents and they can see that it's normalizing and people are just being people. Then they can start to see that in other people and other friendships and relationships that they may have. Speaking of the work that you do, I have been fortunate enough to participate in mm. See You Speak and also participate in your 12-week course. So I Thank know you. how rich and, and valuable this information is. What other kind of techniques or tips would you give parents who are, are just struggling right now? It's a good question. Um, one of one is that important first step, which is the, the, the part it's not your fault. And to me, right, what happens to us as parents is that we feel stressed, right? We get into what I call the red zone and then we feel guilty and critical and hopeless that we're in the red zone. And that makes us be even more red zone, right? So for me, I grew up in a very traumatic environment where I was shamed a lot for having any feelings that were different than like perfect happiness, right? You were never supposed to get angry. You were never supposed to be sad. You were never supposed to be anxious. And so I like made a commitment when I raised my children that I would help them be okay with all of their feelings. Again, the radical pieces about my work is even though I teach people to get out of the red zone into the green zone, I also say 
if you are in the red zone and you can't get out of it, can you put, we call them the green zone lenses that you were talking about of compassion, of just saying, wow, I'm really stressed out right now. And I obviously need some time for myself. I need some self-care. I don't have that time, but at least can I be kind to myself because I know how stressed out I am instead of giving ourselves a hard, hard time for being stressed out. So, you know, right, of course, there's the things, take a walk, talk to a friend. These are all the basic things that I think every magazine article talks about that anybody can go find out. I really wanted in this podcast and in my talk to give you things that are not often talked about. And so we call it the green zone lens, right? It's putting on a lens of curiosity and compassion, sometimes humor, right? We can be have humor with our children, children and be like, mommy is totally in the red zone right now. And I just want to like scream and shout. And you just <laughs> actually make light of it. And the moment you have compassion, curiosity, humor, it already starts changing the way you're feeling. Does that make sense? Yes. Completely changes the context in which you're showing up. Exactly. And, yeah. and it's like, yeah. it's like it allows us to take a step back from the experience of being stuck in that red zone, which is so frustrating, right? The moment we put compassion, curiosity, humor, love, kindness, we're already a step removed, which on top of it will allow us to do the other two steps mm -hmm. pretty much more easily. I believe strongly in the fake it till you make it sometimes. Then I start to see that it, it starts to actually really happen. It's like you create it. I love yeah. that. And, you know, again, you learn with this work that who we are in the stress response it's just really distorted. We literally see the world as the enemy and it's not our fault. And of course, those people, those of us who grew up with more trauma, right? We have a tendency when we get triggered, we get triggered more easily in the stress response and the world looks even darker than someone who had a lovely childhood, right? And it takes them a lot longer and a lot more triggers to get into that stress response. So that's important for people to know too. For some some of us, it actually takes more work than others because we are wired for that stress response through the traumatic events of our childhood or sometimes of our adulthood as well. But when we can start taking responsibility, like, wow, right now I see everything in a dark way. I'm about to get really impulsive. And so I'm going to just act as though I'm calm, like you're talking about. It's already a humongous step because we understand, again, I use the word dangerous and I don't mean dangerous. We're like going to knife somebody, but we're dangerous with our words. We're dangerous with our actions. And, and so that's what I mean by that. And it's not our fault. That's the biggest message I want people to get. And it is our responsibility to do something about it. Yes. So what kind of things do you do if you are someone who has experienced mm -hmm. a lot of trauma? Is this methodology still as effective or are there additional things that that person needs to key into to be able to move through that? Yeah, that's a great, uh, great question. I will add to your question by saying it's not just the people who've experienced a lot of trauma i'll add to a population it's also for example in this day and age right we were talking about that at the beginning it's just easier right now to get into that stress response because there's so many external factors right so it could be because of the current environment so this trauma people with already a lot of trauma 
people in the current environment. And then it could be for some people, they go through a divorce or they go through the death of a loved one or they lose their job. So anything that triggers us into that red zone more easily is what we're talking about. And for me, what I've seen is this work works for whether people get triggered very easily into that red zone or those people who really actually get to the yellow zone and are able to manage themselves. It actually works on all levels. Of course, this work sometimes brings up some trauma, as you know, one of the weeks in the course is examining core beliefs that we have about ourselves and the world. And so sometimes that brings up core beliefs that are like, huh, it's not enough with this course to just examine them. You know, I'm going to get support from a therapist or a coach or whatever it is that works. But, you know, the course, we have videos, we have a workbook and we have a weekly group. So it is it is quite supportive. And it's not enough if people are really getting triggered into old trauma. It takes practice, right? That's mm -hmm. the thing. It's not just a one-time thing. What I'm talking about is we're rewiring our brain to be able to recognize that we're in the stress response and then shift out of it. So for me, who's been practicing this work because I created it for 10 years, in three seconds, I can move into that relaxation response. When somebody first begins, it takes time. But every time we do the practice, we're literally changing the physiology of our brain and which takes time. It's like putting braces on, right? It takes time to shift our teeth. We're shifting the physiology of our brain. But the more we do it, the more it changes, the easier it's going to be to access that green zone. I've watched in the work that I've done with families that there are a lot of not just the patterns in your own brain that you have, but there are a lot of patterns that get developed between their interactions with people. So what I'm wondering is if you are in that situation, if just you taking the responsibility and modeling that can change not just the patterns in your own brain, but the way in which your child or whoever that other person you're in conflict with responds to you. Oh, I love that so much. So I started working a couple months ago. It was going to be couples work, right? And at the last minute, the husband said, I don't want to do it. I think you need it more than me, right? He said to the wife, <laughs> and uh, which has always taken so well. And he said, yeah. you know, so I want you to start to work on your anger issues, right? And she started working with me and she actually did the whole three months. You know, I do coaching these days more than therapy. She did this whole three months. And we were talking the other day and she was like, I'm so grateful that we just worked with me because she says, I have completely changed. And because I have completely changed, my husband, it's like, you know what, what is that game called? I'm European, so sometimes I forget in English. You know, the, the rope, when two people pull that like, rope tug, what is that called? Oh, yeah. You know, when, tug of, yeah, tug, tug of, of war. war. Thank you so much. So yeah. if you're playing tug of war, you need two people to be holding on to each side of the rope. What happens with this work is when one of you drops the rope, the other person at first is like, well, what's going on? A few couple of weeks ago, he's like, <laughs> well, I haven't changed. You've really changed what's going on. And he was frustrated because she wouldn't get into the same fights as before. She wouldn't argue with him. She wouldn't get triggered by the same things. And so what I notice often is at first, the person who's still holding onto the rope gets frustrated because they're so used to engaging in the pattern. And then eventually they drop the rope too. So absolutely, anytime any one of us does it, it changes everything around us, very much so. And like anything, like like you said, it takes practice. It takes work. We don't get a strong body by laying on the couch and eating 
you know, Fritos, we have to actually do something active. And, and the same thing happens with your brain and with your interactions with other people and habits that you have in your life. So I think that's a really important thing to share with people so that they aren't disappointed that there's not immediate change. I mean, I use it every day. I use it every day. The other day I wrote a post on how to stop fighting in five minutes or less, right? And my husband and I were started to engage, right? We started seeing ourselves start rising in our being engaged in the red zone with each other. You know that moment when you start saying unkind words to each other, right? That's what happens in the red zone. I say we have a vault in long-term relationships of all the things we know how to say and how to escalate, right, with each other. And it was like, because I've done this work now, I used to be in that red zone and thrive in it because of all the trauma I grew up with, but I've changed my default level of being able to live in that stress response. And so I, I noticed I was in that place. And I said to him, you know what, honey, I need a few minutes. And I just went and I went to my room and I put on, I will survive by Gloria Gaynor. And I danced <laughs> and sang like a crazy woman. And then I came back and I said, all right, let's try again. And we were able to engage in a complete different way because I dropped into the green zone. And thank God my husband does a lot of work with himself. He uses the work too. So we both know how to do that. If, if you try to solve something from the stress response for the red zone, you will never, never, never be able to come up either with any solution or any good solution. It will usually be a win-lose solution. Somebody will win, somebody will lose, or both will lose. So teaching yourself to get to that green zone before you try to solve a problem is the most important thing that you can do. And not doing that, boy, over time, that can have such a huge impact on your relationship and also on how you feel about yourself. Oh my God. You know, I haven't brought in yet when I call in my husband, Brian and I actually divorced in 2014. And I had, I had two things happen that led me to really dive deep into this, deep into this work. One is I got adrenal exhaustion, which I think many, many, many women get, go get into. And I think even worse now than ever. And then I got a divorce because we actually, at that point, we, this, there were a bunch of issues, of course, but one of them is that we were so enmeshed with each other that we did not know how to get ourselves out of that red zone. I knew how to do it in all of the other areas of my life, right? This is true of a lot of us, very capable people. We are amazing at work. We might, I mean, I was always, I think, a really good parent. I think they would say the same thing. So I don't think I'm just being egotistical <laughs> because I grew up with so much trauma. I was completely committed. I would never do that to my children. And it was able not to but where my trauma showed up was with my husband so we actually got divorced and so we have spent the last six years coming back to each other and really 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 using this work and you know we just moved to Montana we're in COVID it's just the two of us and I almost want to cry every day because we have this like easy effortless, kind, responsible relationship. And mm. if in 2014, you told me that, I would have been like, you are dreaming. Like really, like you <laughs> are dreaming. So this work doesn't just work for all the people who take the course. I, I would not be so enthusiastic about it if I wasn't working it myself and seeing how it worked. And I think everybody wants to feel that way with the people that they right? love. We're usually the yeah. meanest with the people we love instead of being the right? kindest. As a parent, what is your responsibility in how you show up as a parent? For well, them? I mean, I'm going to sound simplistic, but it's not. 
show up in the green zone, you know, come to the, the, the conference. First of all, all the talks are incredible. So just make sure to come because I'm going to be diving much more deeply into how to recognize you in the stress response and how to get out of it. But show up in the green zone, show up, like do your work. I think the most important thing, because the moment we access what, again, that green zone, it's such a silly name, the relaxation response. It seems like it's nothing, but in the relaxation response, that's the opposite physiologically of the stress response. We recover our capacity to think rationally. We see the world from a lens of love and compassion. We can access creativity. We can access calm. We can access love. We can access curiosity, patience, kindness, every single quality that we all long to be as parents, as human beings can be accessed in that green zone. I promise you that there's no, there's not, nothing to say but that. So you're learning to access that and stay there. Anything that will show up, even the most turbulent emotions in yourself or your child will be managed skillfully from that place. Is there anything else that you want to leave people with today? Hmm. Yeah, I think just um, just what you and I have been talking this whole time is just it's not your fault that you're feeling so stressed out. Like I, my the reason I moved to Montana is because my second daughter, I have three children, had a baby nine months ago, and she's experiencing both the joys and the difficulties of parenting, right? And so I'm being reminded of what it's like to raise young children, even teenagers, you know, mine are all grown up. And just to remind her, yep, it's the most difficult job in the world to be a mother, to be a father. So remembering that on top of whatever else you've got going in your life, which all of us have something else because of COVID happening in our lives, can you just remember that it's not your fault and just be kind and compassionate to yourself because even doing that, right? I mean, just notice that like, if you can, as you're listening to this podcast, just close your eyes for a moment. Let's do it, Shelly. Let's close our eyes for a moment and just remember that the stress that you're experiencing right now and the ways that you are showing up in that stress are not your fault. And let yourself exhale with that knowledge. It's not your fault who you become in the stress response. And just notice how it might feel different already to give yourself a break and maybe to give other people in your life a break that it's not their fault. And the moment you can start breathing more deeply and just exhaling the shame and the self-criticism and the judgment that you might feel towards yourself and others, now you start recovering the power of choice of how you're going to respond and who you wanna be and how you wanna show up in your life. And so just allowing yourself to take a couple more breaths in and out. And then opening your eyes. Yeah, and just noticing, right, Shelly, how you and I feel like how even my voice has changed, how your voice has changed, like everything changes when we do this work. And, and I have a 
10-day challenge coming up right after your conference. It starts February 8th. And for 10 days, it's called break out of your comfort zone and up level one key area of your life. So what we will do is we will have you guys pick one area of your life, relationships, health, career, or finances. And then for 10 days, come on Zoom calls in mornings and evenings where we are going to break through that comfort zone of what we've become habituated living at and actually up-level it to feeling more good, to feeling better. And I'm telling you something, we wanna have a thousand people on this challenge because the power of all of us coming together as a group to change each of us individually and then to change as a group. And I think it's a, it can influence way beyond what we can imagine, right? Our children, our family members, our friends by our changing. So I know that you will be putting the link there. Please sign up for that's free. We just want this challenge to be a place where we just serve you in a way that you can actually shift and just feel less stress and feel more well-being. So I would love for all your listeners to join. Thank you for sharing that. And I will yeah. definitely put the link to Isabel's website, to her 12-week course, and to this challenge in the show notes so that people can access that whenever they want. Perfect. Fantastic. Well, thank you again for being here. I can't say enough about the work you do and the impact that it has on people. Um, and like I said, having done it myself, I can say that with authenticity, that it's very valuable and it's fun. It's not, uh, you don't feel pressure or shame or weirdness. It's just a, a really valuable technique. So um, I hope that people got a lot out of this podcast yeah, and that love for you to hop online and get registered for our stress and anxiety symposium. It's two days, 10 different Zoom calls over those two days, and you can do them all or you can do one and everything in between. So again, that website is www.penbv.org. Org. Uh, Isabel, would you like to share your website for people? Yeah, it's really simple. www.thefeelgoodlife.com. It's Great. so easy, right? This is what we're talking about is living a feel good life, a life that feels sustainably good. So thefeelgoodlife.com. Awesome. Um, and again, I want to thank our, our sponsors, Premier Members Credit Union, the Barnett Family Foundation, and the Nelson Family Foundation for contributing to Penn and making it possible for us to do our work. If you are inspired, um, there's also an option for you to make a donation, become a monthly donor, or become a sponsor on our website. All you have to do is go to the website I shared and click on donate, and it'll bring up all those options for you. Um, we hope today's conversation added to your parenting well, and that the information and insights that were shared here will help you in raising healthy, happy kids. It was an honor to have you join us and until next time, happy parenting.